everyone. Thanks for coming back for another episode of our Weld.com podcast. Today I have with me Mitchell Moore. You may know him from Instagram as Dabindado or also the onesie welder from Vancouver, Washington. Um, Mitchell, why don't you go ahead and give everybody a little backstory about how you got started in the welding industry? Yeah, sure. So um, basically it started in high school. Um, I actually never went to any schooling after that. Um, as an eighth grader and kind of, I guess basically my middle school, so sixth, seventh and eighth grade, um, I had screwed around in the garage with my dad, you know, tinkering around with motors and then doing like little welding side jobs here and there. And eighth grade, I had the opportunity to kind of apply for a, a welding class throughout high school. Um, and they've never let any freshmen in there. However, they did let me and my good buddy at the time. We got in and we were able to do tons of welding. Um, basically like two, two like hour blocks per day. And I stuck with it all through high school. So all four years. Um, so, you know, like right away we started with like stick arc and then the oxyacetylene and your basic like MIG, uh, wire feed, and then moved on to TIG welding. So we were pretty well versed in everything we could do. We never really honed in on one, um, one process, but we kind of got pretty good at everything, but not perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, and then kind of from there, once I graduated, um, I applied at a, at a local shipyard um, and we built, you know, 40, $50 million private yachts. Um, they were pretty cool. Um, before I was hired on the company and built one for Tiger Woods and for Jimmy Dean, like the sausage guy. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and unfortunately that company, they started to go under. So I left and I took another job building Navy SEAL boats. They were all aluminum. So that was, that was pretty fun. Uh, I was there for three and a half years as a journeyman lead. And, you know, we had all sorts of, all sorts of like certified welds we had to do, whether it be watertight, x-ray welds. Um, I don't know. Everything had to be solid because they were Navy SEALs and they beat the crap out of these boats. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty fun. I had a ton of experience learned there for sure. Um, and then I actually took a little break from welding. Unfortunately, I had an opportunity to work for my family friend's company. And about after a year or so, it just was not working out on my end. I, I realized that welding is where I belong. <laughs> um, so then I went to a company here locally um, and we made medical products. So everything from like IV stands to little doctors, chairs to um, stretchers, hospital beds, anything like that. Hmm. Uh, and it, I learned a ton there because I was a production TIG welder. So I was sitting in one spot and TIG welding every single day, whether it be stainless steel or aluminum. Most of it was aluminum. And, and uh, after a year, <laughs> um, I needed I needed some change because I couldn't do the exact same part every single day. Kind of kind of tired me out. Um, so then I had a really good opportunity to take up a job where I'm at now. Um, it's a small shop, 
called DS Fabrication and Design. It's about half an hour away from me out in Washougal. Um, however, being such a small shop, it's kind of like a, um, uh, you know, everybody works as a team. So there's really just kind of like two welders, um, one being myself. I weld probably 99% of everything. And then the owner of the shop, he's the other welder. Uh, but he's a machinist. I mean, he's running around already busy. So that's kind of, that's kind of my welding uh, career at this point. And my work now is just a job shop. So we can get in anything from little tiny titanium parts to big giant, you know, inch and a half thick steel plates or big giant grapples from like a junkyard or, or a um, shredding company. Like a like a big claw, like in the crane game. <laughs> yeah. Um, pretty much just anything that comes in the door, we we take it on. A lot of a lot of repair jobs. Um, we also build a load for um, build a load, build a lot for the mill industry. Um, whether it be like big giant showers that spray out pulp, um, just like little odds and end parts for the mill industry and whatever they may need. So that's, I mean, that's really pretty much about it as far as my welding career goes. So I see on your Instagram page that you do quite a bit of TIG art as well. And that's something we actually get a lot of messages about in our inbox, like from our website. So we get a lot of students who are like finishing school and they just like see them and then they'll, they'll send us a picture like, how do I get to do this? So we haven't had anybody on the podcast talk about this, and I was wondering if you could kind of give some advice for somebody who would be starting out and like want to start doing that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I would say the biggest piece of advice is don't overthink it. Um, that's what I did. Uh, oh, real quickly, I will tell you how I started with the TIG art. Okay. Um, I actually ended up winning a a custom TIG art piece from Daniel Osig over in Germany um, not quite a year and a half ago mm -hmm. and when I had received the piece from him I made him do my family crest <laughs> it was pretty challenging for sure um, when I got it you know at this time I, I'd never even done the TIG art before um, but when I got it I told Daniel I'm like man this thing is so cool I wish I could do this someday and he's like you can you just gotta try it so from there, I just kind of screwed, screwed around at my break times at lunch and um, at work and just kind of started to pick it up. So um, that's how it started for me. <laughs> but as far as kind of get, getting it going, um, I guess kind of like a how-to, I yeah. would suppose. Um, I use sheet metal. So I usually use 14 gauge. I know uh, a good buddy of mine, the Weld Oki or Weldonoki, he uses 20 gauge a lot, which is super thin, so I don't know how he does it. And Dabs <laughs> will use um, 12 gauge. Um, so I think it just kind of depends on what your preferences are. I Personally, I feel like different thicknesses pull different colors, but okay. really you just need a, a piece of sheet metal, um, a printer, an engraver, and um, a TIG welder. That's pretty much about it. Um, so the way I do it is I get a design, whether it be, you know, uh, since I'm here in Washington, I get a lot of Seahawks logos or somebody's, um, 
just logo for their business or or whatnot. Um, I just recently did a piece for Piston Face, and so you know it's his kind of like his logo, like a carved out piston says Piston Face right, right across the top. So it's just stuff like that. Um, and then so what I do is I just hop on the computer. And then basically print the design, you know, kind of got to kind of got to fit it to my sheet. But um, and then I take that picture and I just tape it down straight to my sheet metal. And then I use the engraver or you can use like a Dremel tool, anything like that. And basically you're just punching your lines straight through the piece of paper onto your material, right onto your stainless steel. Um, and then from there, it's just like a coloring book, really. So you just have like your guidelines and you can see them clear as day underneath your welding hood. Um, and obviously you kind of, you kind of got to map out what you're going to do because without getting too much into it, because it'll, it, it'll be kind of confusing at some point, I'm sure, but it, you kind of got to think about layers and different colors affecting other colors and the heat running into other colors as well, which can change those colors. So it's kind of, I guess there kind of is a lot behind it once you kind of get going on it. Mm -hmm. But at first, just don't overthink it because it's really not that tough. Um, just a matter of practice like anything else. So what are some like troubleshooting type of things? What are like the main problems that somebody will have whenever they first start doing it? Is it going to be burning through the sheet metal is obviously that's probably one of them if they are using a thin gauge, but what are, are some other issues they might run into? Um, I would say, well, one extremely important piece that I forgot, which you basically can't do, uh, can't do the cigar without it. Um, you have to have a chill block. So okay. I have got a slab of one inch thick mild steel. So you weld that sheet down to it. So you won't necessarily blow through it, I guess. I mean, I guess you could. <laughs> um, but it's got that chill block on the back because, as you know, stainless steel warps so much. Yeah. And so even if you were to clamp it down, it will warp and it will taco and the sheet will pull away from that chill block. And um, having that material welded down to that chill block disperses the heat evenly or if you have it just clamped down it can bubble up and it'll get you like an extremely hot area and it will just you might as well throw it away hmm. it just doesn't work um This week's presenting sponsor is Como Caps. They're a family-owned business based in Louisiana, and they're well-known for their welder's caps. They take a lot of pride in inspecting every cap twice before it ships from their facility, and they also do a lot of market research to create new designs to include in their assorted bundles. Our hosts so far have loved the fit and the style, and right now we actually have an exclusive coupon code for you to use at checkout, if you go to www.comocaps, it's C-O-M-E-A-U-X-C-A-P-S dot com and use our code WELD10 at checkout, you'll save 10%. I did not know that. You definitely taught me something. I, I think yeah. I've seen that. I've seen people tacking it down. 
but I yeah. really didn't understand. Like I never, that never even crossed my mind. Yeah. And it, it was something at first too, I didn't really realize the importance. I mean, I knew you had to have a chill block, mm-hmm. but at first when I was just playing around at work, I would clamp it down and it just never worked. <laughs> um, oh, and I guess to answer your question, I would say that would be the first and foremost important piece is the chill block. Okay. The second thing that people might run into when they're trying this out at first is just a bunch of gray, nasty welts. Um, and 99% of the time, that has to do with your gas coverage. Um, you have to have that good argon coverage as your weld cools in order to form a good layer of oxidation. You know, silver, gold being the thinnest, up to the blues, the purples, and then lastly, like the gray, the black, that's super thick and it's just burnt, looks like doo um, So having a good cup, uh, I always use spirit cups because they always work really good. Um, also, like the angle of your torch matters. Again, basically just because of your, your gas coverage, um, where if you try to, try to do tag art with like a size four or five cup um that might not go too well for you um i've actually never tried um i would say 90 percent of the time i use my bbw which is a size 19 from Derek. Mm-hmm. Uh, i've used a number 12 as well and it works good uh works great but I only use it when I'm doing smaller weaves to keep a little bit more color in it, to have less gas coverage. That makes sense. Um, Those are some really good facts, I think. I think that people will appreciate that. Like I said, we've never had anybody talk about it, so this will be something new. Yeah, I I really do think that's that's pretty much about like the most important facts as far as TIGAR goes. And obviously just, you know, like anything else, just watch your heat. I think that's about it. What about, so if somebody has, you know, their regular job and then they wanted to start doing this as like a side gig, like they wanted to do it to start selling it, how are some ways that they can sell their art? Yeah. So actually that's exactly what I do. Um, the art work has always just been kind of a side hustle and like my way to do my own thing with welding. Cause I'm, I'm artistic, but I've got no ideas and I don't have creativity, so I don't know how to put it down. So I've always done the, the TIG art for a side hustle. Um, the number one way to sell it, I know a lot of people do it. I don't personally, um, but obviously Etsy works out pretty good for some people. Um, your local markets actually can do pretty good. Um, up here in Portland and in Vancouver, we have like Saturday markets, Sunday markets mm-hmm. all the time. Um, or even just reaching out to different companies. I've done that quite a bit, honestly. Um, reaching out and be like, hey, you know, this is kind of what I do and I'm just trying to grow. Just wondering if you guys might be interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes people bite for it. Some, sometimes they don't. But, um, you know, I started kind of small. I started um, actually trading with a company for some welding caps and I loved it, you know. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It benefited me and, I just kind of grew from there. Um, so that's a, that's a good way uh, to kind of get going is just, you know, maybe not try to sell them, but just try to trade people some stuff. Um, 
seems like just about all of us artwork guys, whether it be in this country or another, uh, we always like to trade artwork. So that's always a good, good way to kind of get your foot in the door, I'd say. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. One, one side note that we can't talk about the Seahawks on this podcast. Uh, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> you sure. know where I'm from, right? I'm from Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no okay all right all right we can't do that no i'm joking okay. it's okay I'm i used to i used to actually play fantasy football a couple years ago and my husband and i were in a league and i beat him quite a few times and i actually made him a shirt and it said like i lost to my wife or something and it said like how many seasons <laughs> i he lost to me but i've definitely had seahawks players on my fantasy football teams because you have to like basically every team to play fantasy football right yeah <laughs> that um, makes sense yeah for sure so i wanted to also talk to you about the hooded heroes so i know yeah. that you are a board member and you know that i've participated in some of like your raffles that you guys have done and i actually won one of them and i think you you guys sent us like some hats and stickers and stuff like that. I just gave it to the guys in the shop so they could all have the stuff. And I know they wear the hats and stuff all the time. So that was just something nice. And I think you had something else that one of you posted and I just donated because you guys just make it so easy to donate, especially because it's not like overwhelming, like the amounts that you guys ask for. But I wanted to talk to you about like what that mission is. Like, so tell me about Hooded Heroes, how that got started and what the mission is of that for people that don't know. Yeah, for sure. So the Hooded Heroes Foundation, um, it started with the founder, uh, Joey Crusoe, uh, Mullet Welders on Instagram. Um, he realized that there was a welding student that just couldn't quite afford their own PPE. Um, and so that, that is, I guess I should start it out with, that is our target, um, uh, our target group of people are welding students, not necessarily someone who's gone on in the middle of their career and just needs some help buying some stuff. No, it's, it's more about the actual welding students themselves mm -hmm. because it, it can get pretty costly, especially if you're just trying to start out in a new career. Um, you get nothing else to fall back onto. So um, what we do is we have basically the applicants um, send us an email with, uh, you know, X amount of words essay, basically just explaining what they need, why they need it, what school they're going to, um, maybe their social media handles, um, a couple references also, just to kind of make sure that, or just so that we know that they are for sure going to be using these items to use. They're not just some, some dude hanging out on the streets trying to get some free stuff. Um, and you know, it usually works out, it usually works out. Um, and like you said, like we, we never we never ask really of anything from anybody. Um, the biggest help is just spreading the word for one. Um, just cause we are still relatively new. So not a whole lot of companies or welding schools know about the hooded heroes foundation yet. Mm -hmm. Um, however, we do, we do have some pretty good sized sponsors such as, uh, edge welding cups and benchmarks, 
benchmark abrasives. Um, obviously, you guys have helped out quite a bit. Um, and there's a handful of others. Of course, I can't think of them. Cayman gloves. Yeah, Cayman. Um, Outlaw leathers. They're another yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like you said, you know, we can throw the raffles together. And we usually make the entry prices pretty cheap that way. Um, you know, it's easy for everybody to get, get into it. Yeah, I think that makes it a lot easier than a lot of people that have things and they like want you to pay like hundreds of dollars. You know what I mean? It makes it easy for the whole entire welding community to give back because even if say that you guys just help somebody and they just got their first job, they might be making like $18 an hour. So they might not have that much to give back, but it still lets them pay it forward kind of that they were able to get the help they needed and then like they can feel good that they did something to give back too. You know what I mean? I feel like that's a really good thing you guys are doing to make it easier so that people can feel like they are contributing. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you know how important <laughs> um, all the stickers are within the welding community. I oh mean, yeah. Just about all of us have got our hoods completely covered up from stickers from all over the world. Um, so, you know, of course we do sell the hooded heroes stickers. So, um, even though it's may not be a big contribution, but it doesn't matter. You know, every little bit helps and shoot, you get a couple stickers out of it to burn up on your hood. <laughs> yeah. So since you work with so many different welding schools, I actually had this one guy write into us and email us. And I want to give a shout out to Jacob Ramelli. He is from Montana and he's going to actually be starting school at the United Welding Institute in Arkansas. I think that's where he said, yeah, Arkansas. And he asked us, he's going to be actually, he's been welding for a year straight, but he's going to be going into a comprehensive pipeline program and then TIG aluminum and then automotive. And he's kind of like looking for just a general idea about what to expect in like those types of courses. And since you have done a lot of, you know, aluminum TIG welding, and I, you have done some automotive work, I'm probably sure along the lines like of your work. Yeah. So what, what do you think you could um, give him like, just like a little insight about what to expect in like those type of programs? Um, as far as the program side of it, I may not be a hundred percent sure, you know, kind of like I said, I, I haven't done any extracurricular, um, schooling. Um, but I would say with each of them automotive and especially aluminum, um, aluminum kind of seems like the hardest metal to grasp. Mm -hmm. Um, but both of them definitely have patience and, you know, don't, don't, ever like just think you're doing terrible or whatever because everybody has to start from somewhere and then you do get better um but i i definitely can foresee um i lost my train of thought i'm sorry <laughs> you're, you're fine oh, we lost. were you thinking about the automotive part yeah, I was. Oh, that's what I was saying. <laughs> um, man, totally lost it. I would say with the automotive part, so I I haven't done too much as far as the welding side goes. Um, I've always kind of sucked the engine side of it. Mm -hmm. 
However, I've done um, roll cages and some exhaust work, not a ton, um, but there's something to learn from both of them for sure. Because, you know, as you know, the, the metal moves a whole lot when you weld it. So you, you just have to take into account for the metal distortion and the angles. And so you may have to pre-bend or pre-gap stuff to take into account the warpage. Um, but as far as the actual programs for those go, I may not be too much help. <laughs> yeah, no, I just wanted to give, he wrote us a really nice email. He listens to every episode and he's actually, I think he said he's 43 and he just like kind of wanted to give us feedback and it was just really nice to like have a good reply like how he did and he was just kind of asking like what to expect. So I just figured that would be nice. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. I, I don't know. Um if we can or not, but I don't mind getting a hold of them too, because I've, you know, I've done a ton of aluminum and it's, it seems like some people aren't willing to share how to, how to do things. And some people are, but I'm always here to help anybody. I don't feel like I'm any better than anybody, but I've got some experience that may help some people. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's really nice. You're, you're right. And we get so many questions about welding aluminum. So I'm glad you touched on that. I don't understand why it's, it is the hardest to, to weld. And it's not even, I don't even think it's just TIG welding aluminum. I think it's aluminum in general. Yeah. Um, I, personally, I think it's because anytime anybody goes to welding school, whether it be through high school like myself or um, at an academy, 90% of it or 100% of it is all steel. So if you just you know, it's kind of like the shotgun approach or versus the rifle. So if you just hone in on the one type of material, then you change it up and go to aluminum and you just have no idea what to do. It's, it's such a different ball game. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't really flow like metal. It's more like water. Um, when you have, when you're welding steel, um, it's pretty basic as far as the um, arc itself. It's just DC negative, and you, for the most part, you just uh, go. You just pull the trigger and go. Um, but as far as aluminum, there's a lot more settings you can deal with and really kind of hone in your arc, um, whether you're doing MIG or TIG. Um, it's, it's just such a different ball game. And naturally, porous, or aluminum is very porous. Um, so it's always going to be dirty as well. So there's a few things, a few adjustments and settings you can play with as well to kind of help you out. But I think it's just the hardest because it doesn't act like any other material before. Mm -hmm. Any material out there. I mean, at, at my work, I've done quite a few different exotic alloys of stainless steel or titanium or um, alloys of stainless I've never even heard of. Um, and they all, you know, seems like everything welds like steel. You got a puddle and you just go. But again, aluminum is like water. You start an arc on it and if you wait too long, it just vaporizes. So I like to ask this question because you are on the West Coast. So you're in Vancouver. If anybody was interested in moving, because you know how some people just finish school and they're like, I'm out of here. What kind yeah. of jobs are in your area? Like what kind of industry, you know, like we talked to the one guy in Virginia and obviously there's the shipyard there. 
what kind of industry and like jobs are available like around you? Um, we do have a handful of automotive shops, um, not too many. Um, so they'll do like the custom exhaust piping and turbo kits, stuff like that. Um, we also have a handful of job shops, like the one I'm in. Um, also a few more, uh, more, um, I can't think of the word. Well, there are, there are a ton of brewery, um, shops around here as well, because in Portland, like here in the Pacific Northwest, there are a load of breweries. Hmm. So there's a ton of different companies that are constantly making tanks, um, Mm -hmm. for those facilities and that's all they make. Mm -hmm. Um, also there are, believe it or not, a ton of shipyards because we do live right on the Columbia river and, um, there's a location not too far from here called Swan Island. And I believe, I don't remember um, if I remember correctly, um, they have the second largest um, dry dock in the world. So if a carnival cruise ship needs to get repaired, they pull it into here in Portland and they put it up on that dry dock and they repair it. So there, there really are quite a few shipyards here as well. Uh, um, Or even just, marine businesses not necessarily shipyards because mm-hmm. when i was building the boats we were you know probably a, an hour from any kind of water um and like i mentioned i worked at the medical facility mm-hmm. but that's pretty much the only one so yeah that's i would say that's the majority of it up here is job shops um brewery and tanks, um, and then um, shipyards in the marine industry. And I also wanted to talk to you about, I know you have a little boy, right? You have two kids, right? Don't you have a boy and a girl? We do, yeah. Does your little boy ever watch you weld, and does he ever say that he wants to do what you do? (laughs) Yeah, he does. Um, So he is... He's a funny little guy. So he goes in between, I want to be a welder to, I want to be a barista. I saw that. <laughs> I just saw that. So, I saw that on your um, page. I was waiting to see a, if you were going to say it. Yeah. You need to stop oh, taking yeah. that kid to Starbucks and cut him off. <laughs> I know. Well, up here, I don't think you guys have it down here, but up here we have a coffee shop called Dutch Bros. Okay. And so the barista, is there they're called broistas and not baristas so that's what he always says he wants to be as a broista he wants to work at dutch bros but <laughs> he just started kindergarten so he's 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 super funny now he's got these different ideas you know but yeah he does he does still say he wants to be a welder and our our daughter she's only two and a half so he'll be a professional eater when she grows up i don't yeah, she's not there quite yet, but that's so funny that he said that. I'd be yeah. like, yeah, you can work there in high school. That's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> After that, you're going to get a real job. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cute. But um, so do you want to share with everybody where they can find you on Instagram? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just Dabandado, so D-A-B-N-D-A-D-D-O. And then um, the Hooded Heroes, too? 
Yep, and that is, let me look at it to make sure I say it properly. It is the underscore hooded underscore heroes underscore foundation. Okay. And then you guys are a dot org website too. Are you guys yes. a 501 C three? Yes. Okay. We are. Yeah. That's important because, um, for any companies listening, listening, and they want to give back, that's something that they usually look for. And for schools too, you know, it's easier for them to give back if you're a 501 C three. Yeah. And it was, it did take us a little bit, a little bit to get to that point. Um, because it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did kind of have to rely on the, on the, um, the donation from the raffle and, and, um, so on, as well as, you know, our, our founders are kind of moving at the same time. And so it did take us a minute to get 5013C, but we are there now. So, um, with that, I think we'll look better as well yeah. <laughs> to these companies. For sure. And you guys have, I know you guys have stickers, but you guys also have some swag too. You have sweatshirts and t-shirts and long sleeve shirts, I see. So there is stuff. If you guys do go to thehoodedheroes.org, you can go to support us. You can find information about donations and their swag shop and then follow them on Instagram and you guys can stay tuned for their raffles that they do as well. And then in the meantime, if you guys do have anything, please message me and I'll share it for you to help spread the word because we definitely appreciate what you guys do for the welding community and it's very aligned with what our mission is. You know, we provide, you know, our YouTube videos for free to help educate and like just like help people who may be out of practice for a little bit and need a refresher or people getting started and they need some extra help to, you know, pass their certs or start a business or whatever it is we try and give back to the community as much as we can in our way. And we really like what you guys do. Yeah. Thank you. We were, you know, obviously we really appreciate your guys' support. And I, I will just add one thing, like you said, you yeah. know, with the shirts and the, and the swag or whatever, if anybody wants anything special or whatever, I actually, um, I myself kind of designed them on the shirt website. Mm-hmm. But if somebody wants a different style or color or whatever, just reach out to one of us and we'll get it figured out, shipped out right to you. That'd be awesome. All right. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast this week and you guys can stay tuned for the episode next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.